Welcome to Breaking Butterfly, the podcast for the girls who want more out of life. I'm your host, Maddie Maple, confidence and business coach, motivational speaker, and six-figure entrepreneur. I'm here to lead you into ultimate confidence, feminine leadership, and help you create the life of your dreams. So if you're ready for your next up level, let's go. Hello guys and welcome back to the Breaking Butterfly podcast or if you're new here, a very special welcome. Guys, today I am joined by the beautiful Letha J and I am so ecstatic. This has been such a long time coming. I mean, I've wanted to have her on the podcast as well as like everyone that I met in Costa Rica on my podcast just for the longest time because Latha was there for one of the most transformational moments of my life. Uh, she actually wasn't just there. She hosted it and and facilitated it. And so I'm like, yeah, I kind of owe you my life or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she is just like such an incredible woman. And um, she is a spiritual manifestation coach. She has over a decade of experience helping people identify and unblock what's holding them back from having their dream life. Um, she's also, you know, she's an author. She writes books. She creates amazing TikTok content. Um, and yeah, she's turned out to be one of, one of the most like inspirational people to me that I think maybe I don't all, like always say this to her, but just definitely somebody that I, I look up to and resonate with so much. So I just like feel so grateful to have you here. So say hello, introduce yourself, anything else that, um, we need to know just to get to know you a little bit better. Hi, Maddie, and hi, listeners. I'm so, so grateful to be here. Maddie is honestly, you're one of my favorite people. I've learned so much from you. As much as you're saying that you learned from me, man, that that week that we spent in Costa Rica together, I didn't know what to expect when you came. (laughs) I'll tell you that right now. I did not know. You showed up. You're like in this little pink bikini, this little, you know, like these young kid. I'm like, what is going on here, you know? And then you, like, the more I got to know you, I was just like blown away with how powerful you are how insightful you are, how with it you are. And then all the transformation that happened that week, I was just like, like in awe. So I appreciate oh, you. you so I love you. And I, I you know, thanks you. for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh my God. I thank you so much. That's so funny. Um, yeah. I think that <laughs> how I come across in, in my whole pink guys. And also like my apartment is literally, it is the pink dojo like I have pink dishes pink pans pink everything I'm wearing this pink fluffy feathery robe right now um even when I got to Costa Rica I remember Walter pulling me aside at one point and he's like hey you need to stop like freaking out about the bugs like it's really annoying like you need to just like just (laughs) just step it up (laughs) just stop being like such a girly girl um but it was so fun right to like all show up Mm -hmm. and like all be so different all of us are we're so different um in Costa Rica and yeah, we all show up and it's like, who is this? Who is this? What do you do? And yeah, by the end, I mean, it's yeah, literal, literal soul family. So I'm yeah. eternally grateful for that experience. Yeah. It's incredible. And we, you're right. We all showed up very different people from like all across the world. Right. And yeah. like we found this common ground and a little bit of it came from us being away from what we know and it gave us the space to create something new. And yeah, absolute soul family. I loved it. 
1000%. We all have this common ground. And also there's something so special about, yeah, none of us know each other. So we can kind of be, um, you know, whoever we want. I, I think it's really interesting. That's like one lesson I've really learned or just something I've observed, you know, over the past couple of years of coaching of like how hard it can be to shift when you're in like a familiar environment around familiar people, because these people just know you as one person mm-hmm. for, for whatever, even your whole lifetime, right? Your family knows you as this one person. And then when you decide, okay, I want to become this other person, it can be very, very difficult. Even just, even if they're not going to judge you, it's just weird to kind of like show up as like, oh, actually like I don't eat that anymore or I don't do that anymore or I don't speak in this way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, super random side note, but I just think it's so. No, so I think it's it's so valid because a lot of times we don't realize like how much our words create our world, but it's yeah. not just our words. It's the words of the people around us. So if we're in the environment that we were in and people know us as, you know, Maddie, who is this way? And then they continue to create that person. But then you're like, wait, no, (laughs) that's not who I am. There's this big disconnect that's there, right? So a lot of times it does take that shakeup of you stepping out of that environment that you are familiar with, something new. So you can be new. So you can change yourself. 100%. Yeah, I love that so much. Um, So yeah, speaking of that and environment, can you share a little bit about just your background and your story and yeah, maybe the world you came from? And then I'm sure there was like a pivotal moment for you, you know, speaking of changing your reality and becoming a different person, um, yeah, just give us like an overview of, of just your whole experience and how you became yeah, who you sure. are today. Absolutely. So um, let me start from the beginning. I grew up in a very traditional Indian family. My parents came from India, from Tamil Nadu here to America. And that's where, you know, in, the, in New York was where I was born and raised in a very, very traditional household. Um, you know, we grew up largely vegetarian and praying and meditating and doing all of the things that culturally was what it was. As I grew up, I always knew I had this like deep connection to know that I wanted to help people. It was like my truth. That was the one thing that I always knew. Didn't really understand how, but I knew I was going to help people. And when I shared this with my parents, they were like, wonderful, become a doctor. You know, it was like this very traditional Indian thing to be like, okay, you're either a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer kind of thing. And they were like, you, you're going to be the doctor. And I was like, okay. So that's how I raised my, I went my whole life thinking I'm going to be a doctor. I was a candy striper as a kid. You know, I, I was a doctor's assistant <laughs> as a young adult. I went to medical school. I got degrees in biology, psychology, everything. And oh, wow. one moment, yeah. So eight, almost eight years into my medical school schooling, um, I was like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this, which is the big difference, right? I just looked at my life and it was outwardly, maybe it looked great. You know, I was doing well. I was in a relationship. I was seemingly happy, but inside I was falling apart. Every day I was waking up miserable and tired and I did not want to continue. I did not want to do it. And everyone I talked to was like, just keep going. It's only a couple more months. You're going to graduate. You'll be a doctor. You'll be a doctor. Just keep going. Mm-hmm. And so I was that like, close. Yeah, it was just a few months out from graduation. I had a couple more rotations to go. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, no, I can't do this. I don't want to do this. That was the thing, you know, don't want to do this. And I, I literally just walked out of school. I didn't tell anybody. All my friends were like, dude, where are you? You know, kind of thing. My parents had no idea. Um, and I just left. And I actually ended up in a farm in Arizona. Um right? Like becoming a woofer. <laughs> I joined the World Organic Organization of Farmers and they gave me a place to stay and I would work the field. And that's what I did for like a oh, while. Oh my gosh. I 
I don't think I knew any of this. Keep no? going, please. But I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just taking it in like, wow. Yeah, just trying to figure my shit out because I didn't know what I wanted, but I knew what I didn't want, right? Yeah. And I didn't want to live in that space of helping people through medicine because I didn't align with all of the things that I was learning or all of the ways that I was told that I had to treat people did not sit well with me. And I, mm. I kind of tried and tried and tried, but that groove just never fit and I couldn't do it. I'm not the one to treat people the way that I had to, to be a doctor, right? Yeah. In the US at least. And um, it didn't it didn't work out for me. So I kind of like had this like breakthrough in Arizona in the desert um, <laughs> thinking like, I want my life to be spectacular and I'm going to create it to be spectacular. And that was like the moment that things completely shifted for me and just blew up. Mm-hmm. I went back to New York. I lived in my parents' basement, real glamorous, right? And I started my coaching practice and I said, you know what? I want to assist people in making bold decisions in their life in breaking mm-hmm. through things that are un- that are blocking them, right? And really allowing them to shift things. And through the span of from that time to now, I mean, I've owned two uh, fashion companies. I've worked in tech on the side. I've, you know, started all of these different things. I've become a, a I want to say I'm close to building an empire. <laughs> you know, I've been yeah. buying properties and doing all of these different things and creating my life the way that I want it to be, right? Yeah. I've become a best-selling author. I have another book coming out next year. Whatever I want to do and however I want to show up in the world, I show up in the world. Because I keep thinking back to that moment in the desert where I was like, this could be it. Like, do you really think that life is this, that I have to be miserable every day and go back to the school, you know? Yeah. And I was like, no, this is not how it's going to be. And I'm going to make it different. And mm-hmm. yeah, from there, everything just kind of took off. I decided, I chose that my life was going to be different. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that so much. Now you guys can see why I was saying Latha is like so inspirational to me because I didn't know all of the details, but I just mm-hmm. knew you were a badass. Like I just know mm-hmm. like – just you're just doing all types of things and uh i i don't even want to use the term like jack of all trades it's not even that it's just you're a you're just a creator you truly are the epitome mm-hmm. of a of a creator to me obviously manifestation coach hello um but it's just that's we have such similar views and i resonate so much as to if i want something i'm going to get it and i'm going to create it um mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of people – so when you had that decision that you made, uh, which I love that you share that, that it was almost just a decision and then it just blew up because that's how it was for me as well. I just like – I decided like I want freedom. I want to have money and it, it just happened because I just like claimed it. Um, but when you claimed it, did you – were there any doubts that came up as if – sorry. Were there any doubts that came up as to – if you could create that? Um, or were you just like, nope, I'm going to create it and that's it? Or were you like, can I even create this? Because I think a lot of people are in a place where they're listening to a lot of personal development. They're you know consuming the content and they're hearing all these people say like, build your dream life, build your dream life, build your dream life. And for a lot of people, you know, there is this moment where they're like, I want that. And they are claiming it, but they don't think it's actually possible. Mm-hmm. So did you have a moment like that? Um, and if not, you know, the clients that you work with, how do you help them get through these, these like doubts and limiting beliefs? Oh, I for sure had that moment of just being like, wait, I want something different, but I have no idea how it, it was like jumping out of a plane without a parachute, you yeah. know, and it was freaking scary. But the thing is, I knew so badly what I didn't want and I didn't want the life that I had previously. So I knew I had to do something 
radically different to create something different for myself, you know, and that was the thing. My passion, dedication to have a different life surmounted my fear. The fear was still there. It was consistent, you know, but it was that my passion and drive was bigger than my fear was in that moment. Totally. And I actually, I've been talking about this a lot recently. It's kind of funny. Every time I do an interview with someone, I feel like we just talk about these right? These themes come and go as a collective where we're all just kind of talking about these similar things. Because I was just talking about this this morning um, where I was talking to someone who's creating a coaching business. We're talking about all the doubts and the fear that come up and how, you know, they were saying, I need to work through it and like I need to process it and like work through these doubts and fears. And I was like, yes. And also, what if you just kind of ignore them? And I and there's a fine there's a fine balance to it, right? So there's this balance where um, it depends also who you are and how you process things and where you're at on your journey. But you know, there's only a certain level of like you know journal prompts you can do about your limiting beliefs and this and that before you just kind of have to look at it, like you said, and just see it and be like, the fear is there, the doubt is there. I'm aware of it. I acknowledge it, and also. Like what you almost just don't give power to it instead of trying to eliminate it and work through it completely so that it's gone. Mm-hmm. You see that you see that it's there and just realize, yeah, the goal is is bigger or, you know, my higher self knows that this is a reality. Even if these doubts are still going on, let the doubts be there and just take the the action anyway. Right. Absolutely. Um, One of the big yeah. things here, though, is to actually acknowledge that those doubts are there. A lot of times we try to ignore them or suppress them or push them down or pretend like they don't exist. And guess what? They get bigger. (laughs) It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, anyone that has children, if you ever have or have been around a small child who's trying to get your attention, they're like, mom, 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 mom. And then you're like, oh my God. And the more you try to ignore them, the louder they get, the the more they're like, you pull it on your clothes and stuff. And then when you're like, yes, what would you like? They're like, I just want to say hi and give you a hug. Bye. And then they leave, you know, and it's kind of like that. It's literally kind of like that in which you are just have to acknowledge that your fear is there, you know? Latha, that is the perfect metaphor. <laughs> can, can I steal that? Is that, is that trademarked? No, go for it. <laughs> I'm like, I have to share that with my, <clears throat> my clients and my students. Cause that is the perfect example of what I mean when I'm like, just acknowledge it, but then you just don't have to it's you don't have to put gasoline on the fire by like getting um almost like sucked into it right and like lost mm-hmm. in it it's just like if you just acknowledge it it's honestly our fears and our doubts and all the things really are almost friendly like a child because it is like your inner child just saying like hey i'm scared you know all these doubts and fears are almost just like a it's just trying to prevent you from taking action that might put you in a vulnerable position where you can get hurt. So when mm-hmm. you see it like that and you, yeah, you can just like, you know, pat the child on the head and just be like, yep. okay, you're okay. I see you. Yeah. I, and then I it kind of goes away. It is a protective mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. Our fears, we form our limiting beliefs. We form at some point because at that point in that moment, it was to protect us, but then yeah. it, we carry it on into our life and then it shows up in areas that it just doesn't make sense. But guess what? Your inner child is like, I'm protecting you by telling you that you're not enough to go for this. Because if you go for that, you might get hurt. So I'm going to continue to tell you I'm not good enough. You're not good enough to do this. And then you're like, okay, inner child, I love you. I see that you think I'm not good enough. And I'm going to go for it anyways. And I'm going to go for it anyways. 
And in your in your life now in the present day, is that kind of how you navigate? I'm going to assume that you still have some doubts and fears, um, mm-hmm. as we all do. Is that how you would navigate it today? Or are there any like specific, I guess just run us through some of like maybe your favorite practices or tips and tricks for getting past your blocks and your limiting beliefs and your doubts. Um, but I'm like specifically interested in maybe anything like if you had a huge doubt come up today, what is the first thing you would do? Mm, okay. Yes. So first of all, yes, I still have doubts and fears. Um, <laughs> it just it doesn't dissipate, you know, when you grow. Yeah. But um, I will say that the first thing that comes up for me is I have to meditate on it. I just mm. have to because the thing is, I will I will get into that suck spiral, <laughs> that downward spiral of the fear and everything, the doubts that are coming up, and oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and I'm like, Ooh, chill out. I need to meditate. I need to be in that space coming from that stability, that centered space for me to approach anything and for me to actually be able to be in observance, look at it, see it for what it is. I have to be chill, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll do some grounding work. I'll take some time to meditate. I'll get myself centered and then I will look at it again, right? And a lot of times when I do that, I'm not coming from this space of like high agitation. I'm coming from this very centered space in which I can see things much more logically you know, and a little bit stepped out of the emotional attachment to it. Yeah. So every time I meditate, I feel a thousand times better, right? I'm like, why do I not do this more often? Um, And I wonder even if there's like, you know, okay, you are the expert at helping people get rid of blocks. I wonder if there's even like blocks there for me or is it just, you know, truly just like creating the habit or I guess, do you have any like tips on, yeah, how to meditate, how to get into that that flow and that consistent practice. Oh, absolutely. And you're not the only one. I think a lot of people can struggle with meditation because they'll think of it that it has to show up a certain way in their life. And then when it doesn't, they get kind of freaked out or they're like, I'm not doing it right or it's not working for me or whatever the excuse that fear comes up in that space. So number one is to understand like meditation is different for everybody, right? The way that my meditation session is going to go might be very, very different than yours and that's okay. It's mm-hmm. kind of like get what you need in that moment. The other thing is you were saying about um, scheduling it. Absolutely. I am a transcendental meditator. I meditate twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening for 20 minutes each time. And it is in my schedule before anything else goes in my schedule. It is repeated. There is no alarm associated with it. And that's how it's been for the past now almost 20 years. Wow. So it's a matter of really just putting it into practice and being consistent with it, right? Just like yeah. anything. The more you do it, the easier it's going to become and the more like second nature it's going to become. If there's a day that I'm late meditating or even if I have to skip, there was one time that I skipped my meditation actually when I was giving birth to one of my children and I was like, this is terrible. Really? <laughs> this is the moment that I needed it the most and I was just like, I can't right now. You know, I was so distracted and everything else that was going on. Yeah. And I, and I was like, oof not doing that again. <laughs> really? Did you feel like when you first started meditating, did it take you a while to get to that point where you were really seeing like, I guess the result of it where you're like, okay, I need this because I feel like I'll get into a flow where I'll meditate like three days in a row. And then like, I'm just a very, I'm just going to blame it on my generation and society that I am just a very instant gratification type of person. So I would rather mm-hmm. up and like start getting my to-do stuff done and start creating content like that makes me feel good because then I'm seeing almost like 
I guess like a like an instant almost like result of it and I get to like check it off my to-do list if that makes sense. And then I feel like when I meditate, it's like, you know, I do it for a couple days and then I'm just like, this is a waste of my time. Did it take you a while to get to a place where you're like, oh my God, wait, this is magic to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm not missing a day. Yeah. And you know what I started to realize? That when I had a consistent meditation practice, I was more powerful. I could show Mm -hmm. up stronger into the world. I could go through my checklist at, you know, double the speed kind of thing. And when I saw all of those things, I kind of became a little bit more addicted to it to a sense, right? Because I was like, man, every time I meditate, this goes a lot smoother, right? And the thing is to really remember, like, you're not meditating to get good at meditation. Like, who cares, right? You're meditating to get good at life. And that's the Mm -hmm. key there. So when you have that distinction of understanding that the meditation is in support of your actual life, it kind of it kind of changes something for you. Mm, it almost sounds like, and I feel like I hear so many people say something similar that like meditation is just kind of like the key to success and peace and happiness and all of the things. I'm curious to hear like, out besides meditation, is there anything mm-hmm. else that you were like, I could not live without this. This is why I am who I am today, maybe either like a book or a different practice or anything else that kind of has that same effect where you're like, this is a staple in my human experience. Oh, when you said books, I mean, I'm an avid reader. I read like three to four books a week. So I, Oh my God. Yeah. I'm addicted to books literally. So one of my all time favorite books is the alchemist by Paulo Coelho. It's a novel that kind of like walks you through the space of understanding your own personal power through this character, Santiago. It's a beautiful book. I think that that was very impactful. I love the secret back in the day when it first came out by Rhonda Bryn. Um, There's so many books that really were so impactful in my life, my understanding of who I am and my own spiritual journey. I want to encourage people to like go out there and seek the book that is going to be the most supportive for you. Um, Another thing that has been like monumental in my own growth is developing my meditation, not only my meditation practice, but my manifestation practice, right? Mm -hmm. And um, everybody innately can manifest. It's, It's an ability that everybody has. But just like everybody has the ability to run, not everybody can run a mile in under, you know, four minutes kind of thing. But guess what? You can train yourself to really be that much more powerful. Um, So me working with all of my my manifestation practices has been monumental and being able to create my life the way that I have. Totally. Yeah. Can you walk us through some of those manifestation practices? Because it's actually funny. Sure. Um, cause here's the thing. When I talk about manifestation, you might not know this about me, or maybe you've seen a couple TikToks here and there sometimes as, okay, as a coach, you guys, or as someone on social media or does marketing, um, there's a little strategy where sometimes you're like a little bit polarizing, right. Or a little bit, you say stuff out outside of the box. And one of my things, one of my philosophies has always been like, I kind of say things as in like, stop just doing the 369 method or stop just doing the 555 method. You have to actually get into action as well. So I'll kind of like shit on the 369 method and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, But then I have had this like transition recently where, well, because I always preach, right? Manifestation is not just about the law of attraction. The law of attraction is what you use to manifest in some of these bigger manifestations. It just takes some action, right? So I'm always like, Uh you can't just, you can't just journal about it and then close your journal and then not make any changes in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that you're a big preacher of 
like the 369 method and some of these mm-hmm. other mes- methods. And so, um, and I've been using your journal and I have been oh. doing that. Nice. <laughs> so I, I do see so much importance in that, in that focus and writing your manifestation, but, but yeah, I'm just curious to hear more about your practices and like what that actually looks like in your daily mm-hmm. life. Does it change? Do your practices change? Yeah. I want to hear it all. So I want to point out, like, I agree with you. Okay. (laughs) Like when you are just sitting in your basement, practicing one of these manifestation methods, hoping that your true love is going to come to you and da, 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 da. I mean, like if you're, if the man of your dream suddenly appeared to you in your basement, wouldn't you grab, grab the sharpest object that you could near you and like try to defend yourself? You'd be like, what the heck is going on? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute. You have to be in action. You have to show the universe, like, I'm ready for this, right? And that's the thing. A lot of people will get frustrated with manifesting because they'll say, like, it doesn't show up in my life. And I'm like, okay, so what have you done to make room for it in your life? Mm -hmm. And when you're not making that room for it, you know, it's kind of like, where's it going to fit? Yeah, it's it's not even necessarily doing the hard work to get it. There's still – you can be attracting it, but there's – I always, you know – in my mind, the visual is kind of like if we're here in this reality and the universe is like, you know, we're manifesting something and it's like almost dropping down and like a little parachute, like coming down to us in this reality, but it might be coming, you know, three miles ahead of you. And so it's still coming to you. The universe is trying to give it to you. But if you don't walk over to that location, right, maybe, maybe you have like a bunch of okay, this metaphor is getting a little extreme, but you know, maybe you have a bunch of trees above you. So the parachute can't come down. If you don't just get into that open space where you're like open mm-hmm. to, for that to land, you know? So sometimes it's not even, you know, doing a bunch of hard work to get it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just taking that action to. It's just doing some work. It's doing anything. I have a little yeah. metaphorical story. Can I share with you? Yes, please, please, please. Okay. So I there was, <laughs> so there was a lady who all the time would pray to God, to the universe, would be in that space of manifesting and say, I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to win the lottery her whole entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, she never won the lottery. And then she's at heaven's gate. We'll say speaking to God, the almighty, the universe, the vortex, whatever it is that you want to say, saying, Hey, I did all the things. Why didn't I win? Why didn't I ever win the lottery? And then God responds back to her. You never bought a ticket, Mm. you know? And it's kind of like, it doesn't matter all the other stuff. If you don't take that action step to actually do it, how is any, anything going to come into your life? Right. Totally. Yeah. That is the perfect metaphor. And that's why I always, I, you know, I preach business so much like online business. I really just like have such a passion for, that because so many people like what is the biggest thing people are manifesting like even that you've just seen in your clients your audience love and money those are the two things love and money right I I feel like I see money even more right and Mm -hmm. and I think even more even more so maybe in this day and age um things are just getting really expensive and also we're wanting to live more luxurious lifestyles and people want money Mm -hmm. and everyone is is trying to like work on their money mindset and write all these affirmations about money. And I'm like, well, do you have any way for that money to come in any way to create, you know, some type of income mm-hmm. that's, that's maybe not, not salary or, or a job or salary, but you know, leaving yourself open to maybe new opportunities in your mm-hmm. career path or whatever. Like, and I just, I always say that my money mindset did not change until I just started making more money 
honestly, right? And I took yeah. I took so many courses and programs and I journal all the time about like trying to fix my money mindset, but it just it wasn't until yeah, it was again that claiming of like, no, I just I'm going to create this for myself mm-hmm. that that everything changed. Um me. It's it's really like a declaration, right? You're declaring mm-hmm. it in your life that there's no going back. Yeah. You know, this is the point forward, and this is the only thing that you're going to create in your life. Absolutely, yeah, yeah totally. Um, oh, I feel like I have so many things that I want to say off of that, but there was one thing coming through, and I kind of forgot. Come back to me. Come back to me. What were we talking about? We're talking about money. We're talking about love. Okay, wait. Let's talk about love. Actually. Mm-hmm. When you're teaching people or coaching people on manifesting love, uh-huh. I feel like this one gets messy, kind of, because there's all of this attachment around like a specific person. How do you feel about manifesting a specific person? And oh, wait. Oh, also share your story about your manifestation. Because, <laughs> okay. because this is how I found Latha. Well, I technically found you kind of like through the retreat, but I had found your account from that mm-hmm. video. So yes. talk a little mm-hmm. bit about what manifesting love looked like for you. And then also, yeah, I want to talk about like the specific person thing. Cause I think that's important, sure. especially for my audience when it comes to confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for love is a, it's a, a huge topic. thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's deeply rooted in, in what we believe that we deserve. Right. And that's yeah. the love that we're able to even go out there and kind of get. So I'll share a little bit of my of my manifesting my my life partner, my husband's story. Um, previous to marrying him, finding him, meeting him, I was married in my early 20s and that relationship ended terribly. <laughs> the only way that I can say it, it literally blew up in my face. And um I had to create a lot of limiting beliefs about that. I'm not lovable. There's no good people out there. Mm-hmm. I will always be alone. You know, I had always created these, these kind of limiting beliefs. And for a long, long time, for many years, I was alone because that's what I was constantly creating. You know, everybody cheats on me kind of thing. And guess what? Everybody I dated cheated on me. Oh, surprise. You know, and it wasn't until I really shifted that paradigm in my mind that I was able to open myself up for something else. So I remember it was one day that I sat down and I made a list and I was like, I'm ready. I want a partner in my life and I want to go on to get married and have kids and a white picket fence or whatever the case is, you know, I really want to create this in my life. So I sat down and created a list of characteristics of what I wanted in a partner. I said I wanted them to be funny. Humor is a big thing for me. I need someone that's funny, right? Um, I wanted them to be tall. I'm attracted to tall guys. I wanted them to, and I specifically put taller than six foot. That was my, that was my thing. Um, you know, I said, uh, must know how to cook. I wasn't really a good cook and I didn't like to have to cook all the time. I wanted at least a 50, 50 kind of thing. Uh, must like dogs, didn't have a dog, but I knew I would have one in the future. You know, I had created all these things, uh, must love children. Uh, my ideal partner is, uh, is loving and loves to have open minded discussions, you know, things like that. So I had created this list. It was probably about, I don't know. I want to say 15 things long, but it was like the priority my top 15 things that I wanted in a partner. And I would think about this list all the time. Every morning and every night, I would look at this list. I would look at this list. I would look at this list. Mm -hmm. During this period of time, I had the opportunity to uh, purchase a property. It was was the first like big house that I was going to be buying. Um, And I had told myself since that first divorce, you know what? The next property that I buy for myself to live in, I'll buy it after I'm in a relationship. I'll buy it after I'm in a relationship. And Mm -hmm. one day I woke up and I was like, 
F this, <laughs> I'm going to buy the property that I want, you know? And if I find someone along the way, cool. If not, cool, you know? But I was like, I'm going to do what I want. And I ended up buying this beautiful house in Florida. It was incredible. It was like such an opportunity. And I jumped in on it. And this was years ago as well. Um, and I bought that house, I think it was like on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. and um, totally instantly overwhelmed by it, right? I was a single girl with like a five-bedroom house. Like, what the heck am I going to do with this kind of thing? And uh, I, the next Wednesday, a week later, I was like, I need to take a break. I'm going to go to the art museum and just chill out. I'm overwhelmed right now. I know what my energy needs to be. I love art, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the art museum. So I went to the art museum. And as I get out of my car, I see this guy from across the, the parking lot. And for whatever reason, I was so drawn to him. It was almost like a <laughs> kind of thing going off and I was like what is that that's weird yeah. um and we just walked to the front of the of the, the Norton art gallery together he opened the door for me I smiled at him I was like oh he's so cute uh walked in and um I saw a sign on the wall it said uh students five dollars for students and I told the lady I was like hey I originally thought it was ten dollars I gave her this my ten dollar bill and I said hey um I'm a student and she said is is your friend a student too and I looked at him and she was pointing to the guy behind me and I was like that's my chance yeah <laughs> I was like, he's a student too. Um, and, and I'm going to buy his ticket. And she was like, oh, that's so nice of you to buy his ticket. And I said, oh, it's okay. He's going to buy me dinner later. And she just kind of like smiled at me. So smooth. <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> and then he, the guy behind me, I was like, hey, here's your ticket. We kind of walked away from the desk. And I was like, look, I was just kidding. You know, I was just kind of trying to do a random act of kindness. Don't worry about it. And he looks at me and goes, you know, I don't know about buying you dinner, but I'd love to make you dinner sometime. I'm a professional chef. And I was like, what? And, <laughs> and your, your mind is like doing the flashback to your list. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it was like literally everything was checked off on my list in that moment. And I mean, I didn't really know all his desires about dogs and kids and stuff like that. But as we talked, we spent the rest of the day together. It was like three hours of walking through this tiny little art gallery at the time. It was very tiny. Um, and we just, I was just like, oh, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it was just so, uh, enamored by this human being and we left and I think I gave him my email address like I was kind of kind of even held back in that moment because I was like this is a stranger I don't know I give him my phone number kind of thing <laughs> my email address and guess what he emailed me oh <laughs> and we had, my god yep and we set up our next date and then you know from there our relationship just grew and grew and grew and as I got to know him I realized like yes this is exactly the person that I was looking for wow and um so our relationship kind of quickly developed into, you know, something very serious. And we got engaged and then we got married just a few months within a less than a year. I think it was like eight or nine months later, we were married from the time that we met till the time we got married for the first time. We actually eloped at the courthouse. Um, and it was only a few months after that that our families found out and they were like, oh, no, <laughs> you cannot elope. <laughs> you know, we were we, I, I didn't really want to tell them because I was like, what are they going to think? I just met this guy a few months ago. And now I'm married. Yeah. To him. Um, but they eventually met him and they loved him my parents loved my husband so much my grandmother who was alive at the time literally she did not speak any English um (laughs) but she loved this man so much they would literally they would go into the kitchen and all I would hear is like laughing because they both loved food that much they would connect through like cooking and creating and nourishing people and I was just like man this is amazing it's like such a powerful literally next level yeah. And you story. know, the thing is like, I could see what I didn't want, right? The, my mm-hmm. first relationship that had ended in divorce, I did not want that. And I could see the characteristics of the things that did not work there. 
right? There mm-hmm. wasn't that alignment with my family. My family did not get along with the person that I was originally married to, right? And I knew that when I wanted to find someone, I needed them to be aligned in all aspects of my life, right? Yeah. I, I am a big family person. I needed them to be really cool with my family. And, you know, mm-hmm. my husband really is. Mm, that's so amazing. That's like uh, so, th- some of those things are like the most important things to me too. It's like the family – like loving them, the humor, like just all of those things is just so important. And but you don't know those things until yeah, you you figure out what you don't want. And I kind of love that that seems like such a big theme in your journey. And I think a lot of people are very, very confused on what they do want. Um, and that's something I've actually said before to like I'm I think I said that in maybe a masterclass or a podcast at some point, I remember saying, you don't know what you want. Look at what you don't want. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just think that's like such a powerful lesson. Um, But going back to the the love thing for another quick second, Mm -hmm. did you feel like, was there a lot of work to do to get to the point to receive that kind of love? Because you're talking about, you even mentioned, right, you can only really receive the love that you believe that you deserve. Mm-hmm. What did kind of your, I guess, self-love journey look like? Or more even like, you know, obviously this is a podcast about confidence. What did, mm-hmm. what did your journey look like with, yeah, just your relationship with yourself to get you to that point where you could really be ready for such an amazing love story. Yeah, that it took a while. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I wish I could be like, I took this magic pill and it was all gone, right? Um, no, it took a while. It took a while of me doing that shadow work and seeing what I believed and then kind of looking at like, why do I believe that? Why do I think I'm unlovable, right? And then realizing, wait, I'm not unlovable. I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, there's all yeah. these incredible things about me. And then I would start to shift my focus to how incredible I am and all that I have to offer. And I would start to collect evidence. I call it collecting evidence about that because people are so used to collecting evidence on how things don't work, right? If we have the idea I'm unlovable, everybody cheats on me, all these things. So guess what? Every time someone cheats on me, we put it in our little collection bank and we're like, this is the evidence that I'm collecting to support that everybody cheats on me kind of thing. So I shifted it. And I was like, I'm fucking a badass, you know, like I'm incredible and I'm going to collect evidence on this. Oh, look at this. Look at what I did. Look at this compliment I got. Yes, I am incredible. You know, like I got this offer and I would just collect that. And a lot of it actually came to me making a list about those things because sometimes you forget, you know, so I would really like create a list of what was meaningful to me and all the things that were working in my life. And it slowly shifted my mindset. Yeah, I Love that so much because it's so funny how many similarities we actually have, even just in our teachings and philosophies that I wasn't aware of. Collecting evidence. That's like one of my biggest things that I teach. And another reason why I say, yeah, the work doesn't stop when you close your journal. So many people, it's like they do the practice and they close the journal. And I also call it like stepping into your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Like you're cl- collecting evidence, but also like stepping into your beliefs. So it's almost like you're writing your affirmation of like, I'm amazing, I'm amazing, I'm amazing. And then you walk out the door and you like are slouched over or you're not speaking mm-hmm. up or you're like hiding yourself. All right. Well, how would you act if you were amazing? Like step into that belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I love that so much. You know what? When you were saying this, I actually just had this memory. I had looked up power poses because mm-hmm. I needed to feel more confident. And one of them is like the Supergirl pose, you know, hands on your hips kind of thing. And um, I would do it all the time. <laughs> 
anytime I felt like I needed to encourage myself, I needed to feel like, yes, I can do this kind of thing. Even if it felt like a lie, I would be like, super cool. I'm amazing. I'm amazing. I'm lovable. You know, like really like continue to reiterate it into my mind and embody it. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. And then show up in the world as that. Right. And there was a lot of different like action steps that I took in the space of my healing too. Like I worked with shaman, I did plant medicine, I worked with a therapist, I worked with a coach, um, lots of coaches actually, you know, and just trying to really see like what was deeper there and what was there for me. Did I heal it a hundred percent prior to meeting my husband? No, I didn't. Mm -hmm. But did I get a good handle of what was there and have an understanding of it? Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it shifted. What really shifted for me was a space of hiding and being ashamed and being regretful of all of the, the experiences of my past to being like, oh, that's what it was. <laughs> being an observance and acceptance of like, you know what? It didn't work out. I really wanted to create this family and all of this stuff and not have gone through that divorce and not have gone through all that heartbreak. But it happened. And yeah. Now there's this new space for me and I'm going to create this space for me to have something incredible, you know? And now me and my husband have been together for like eight years. We have two beautiful children together. We own multiple properties. We live on a farm cottage here in Pennsylvania right now. Um, And we get to travel the world together and have an incredible life, you know? Mm -hmm. And none of that, none of that would have been possible had I not taken the risk, done the work, (laughs) you know, and really just like, understood my shadows to the extent of knowing that they weren't there to define me any longer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like you, again, it's like that awareness and acknowledging and walking with it rather than, yeah, shaming, shaming Mm -hmm. yourself. Um, So yeah, I'm curious now about like your, your lifestyle now and Mm -hmm. if you feel comfortable sharing, like what does your life look like on a day-to-day now that you've kind of, you know, made it a little bit, right? Like you've created this dream. What does your life look like? And what are you dreaming of now? Like what are your next, what are your next goals? Anything that you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, I'll, I'll share with you guys. Um, well, so one of my, my biggest next goals, like on the tip of my mind right now, um, we're actually buying a home in Spain right now. Oh, so wow. we've been yeah, we've been kind of exploring that and seeing and, you know, so that's kind of there for me. I think that that's one of our big next steps. Um, on a day-to-day basis, my life looks like whatever I want it to, which is kind of incredible, right? Like I literally can wake up whenever I want. I can do whatever I want. I have clients that I book during the day and different things. And I do a lot of partnerships and working with people and filming videos and things like that, which I do have scheduled throughout my day. Um, but also I live on a farm. So guess what? I go and I pack the chickens for a little bit and collect some eggs and, you know, hang out with the frogs by the pond. And it's like, I don't know, to me, this is what I wanted. I did the whole thing of living in New York City in a penthouse and, you know, dating all these celebrities and all of this stuff. And my desires for my life and what I wanted really have shifted. And with that, Mm. my manifestations have shifted. Mm. Um, Do you, this is like a random question, like really random. I don't know why I'm asking, but do you homeschool your kids? I do. I do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah. That's actually a huge thing for me too in the space of living in abundance. It's like I have the opportunity to do that. I don't have yeah. to stress about, you know, if, if my kids don't understand that, guess what? I can afford to get them a, a tutor that'll come to our house and teach them. I can afford to host programs and stuff for the community in which children can come together and their parents mm-hmm. don't have to stress about, you know, paying for crayons or whatever. I'm like, I'm bringing the crayons for everybody. 
you know, and like I've to got be the able crayons, to, don't worry. I, got, I got all the crayons, you know, <laughs> and like, I'll bring snacks too. Like, I love being able to do that. And for me, like, that's where abundance is. Like, I'm not stressing about that. I'm not trying to calculate out, hey, every parent has to bring $6. I'm like, dude, I'll just bring it. Bring your kids. Let's have fun, you know, yeah. and that's a huge for me. And, um, you know, just the opportunity to be able to give back in the ways that I see fit. That's where like being wealthy or living in abundance that's where like, that's the shining light for me. That's always what I had wanted. Right. So like September is my birthday month. So all Mm -hmm. month, anywhere that we go, any restaurant we go to, every waiter gets a hundred percent tip. Not only that, we pick out a family that we see eating and we cover their bill anonymously. We don't film it and put it on YouTube or anything like that. We call over the waiter. We say, Hey, you know, we want to pay for them their meal. Cool. bring, Bring them the check. Don't tell them pay for it and we're out, you know, and it's just like Mm. to be able to spread blessings in every direction in every single way. That to me is true abundance. Yeah. I love that so much. One of my, one of my biggest motivators when I was starting my business was like kind of similar, similar to that. Um, I'm inspired to be even more like you and, uh, but obviously I'm, I'm still like a bit younger, but it was thinking about music festivals and I wanted to go to all the music festivals that I wanted to go to and I wanted to pay for my friends that like couldn't go or so when I when I first started going to festivals I really valued that time with all my friends and um, it was just like that was almost like my my church my therapy but I was broke as can be and you know I always had my friends they would get us a big Airbnb to go to this experience and we could all stay together um, and like someone would always put it like put the whole Airbnb on their card. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, somebody like me, I couldn't pay right away. So they kind of let me like pay them back over time or sometimes I wouldn't pay them back over time because I just didn't have any money. And I had friends that would buy me tickets. And um, yeah, when I finally had that claiming moment of like, I'm going to do this thing. I want a better life for myself. One of my things, you can literally see it in my three-year-old journal from three years ago. It's like, I will be able to go to any music festival I want and pay for my friends and put the Airbnb on my card if I need to. Like, mm-hmm. I want to pay for the Airbnb. And if people can pay me back, perfect. And if not, like, you know, so it's still a little bit of like a selfish experience. I am now inspired to <laughs> buy meals for people and stuff like that. But that was one of my things was, you know, I think that a lot of people when it comes to money, one of the biggest blocks, you know, speaking of blocks, it's like this greediness feeling of like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to be materialistic though, or I don't want to be greedy, or we feel guilty for having money when other people might not have money. And, you know, money is like, money is freedom. Money is love. Money is time with your your family, right? You mm-hmm. get to be home with your kids. You get to be home with your husband or mm-hmm. traveling and spending quality time together. There's so many things outside of, you know, just being able to purchase fancy shoes it really does like, you know, expand your, your quality of life. Um, and before we got on this call, me and Lotha were just talking about how we are just businesswomen through and through, like we just love business. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and we're both pretty natural in that way, but I guess, would you have any tips for, uh, somebody that wants to start their own business or content creation? Obviously you've had multiple businesses, not just, doing coaching, but also product businesses and fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be like your biggest piece of advice for someone who is wanting to create financial 
abundance, more in like mm-hmm. an, in an action businessy way. Yeah. Um, I would encourage people to create lists. Okay. <laughs> I think this is so important. When I say that, I mean an email list, right? I think okay. at some point you can create a followership on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, on whatever the case is, or every person that you sell to create a powerful list of emails because at any moment in time you could suddenly Mm -hmm. get hacked or lose your following or whatever the case is but when you have that email list it is power for you right Mm -hmm. and a lot of times those people that are on your subscription list your email list you can then send them coupons and say hey because you're a loyal customer here's 30 percent off and guess what because they're loyal customers, lots of more people from that list are more likely to purchase, right? So I think that that's the biggest thing. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes can try to sidestep that because it doesn't necessarily pop up in your head that that's like something that you should set up for your success. Um, The other thing that I want to mention is don't get so caught up on your website. I know so many entrepreneurs and business people who are like, I'll do it when my website's perfect. I'm going to pay this person, you know, $5,000 to do my website or whatever the case is. And guess what? When you're starting in business, $5,000 might be a lot of money for you. You don't need to do that, right? I mean, now I work with a product that's called um, Stan. Stan with me. It's super easy. It's literally like a link that you can put up and put up all your stuff on there and sell. And it's like 29 bucks a month. I don't, I actually don't know what the price is, but it's super cheap, right? Like it's very, very affordable. You don't have to go and like dive into creating something huge for yourself and like needing a website and a blog and all this stuff to begin with, right? Start selling, start having a product that people can purchase, start working with people. And once you do, you're going to see areas of improvement. (laughs) You're going to see where you can do things better. And then guess what? When you see those things, do them. And Mm -hmm. you're going to be an infinitely better business person day after day after day because you're going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why do you think so many people get caught up on the website and this and that? Because it's how you look outward, right? And it's just like how people get caught up on their looks or whatever the case is, you know, Mm -hmm. or putting that limitation up there. Even how I was saying, I'll get a husband when I, you know, I'll buy a house when I have a partner. That's what I would say. I'll buy a house when kind of thing. And people are like, I'll do my business when I'll put myself out there when I have my, you know, website, but it's like creating this blockage for you. You don't have to do that. Right. It's, it's almost like self-sabotage in a sense. It's just that one Mm -hmm. thing that, Mm -hmm. that holds off doing the actual scary thing, which is selling something, putting yourself out there, creating that relationship. And yeah, I'm doing a a business program right now and not even teaching websites. I didn't have a website for until I maybe even made, I think I was making 10 K months before I ever had a website. Mm -hmm. Like it, yeah, you have to. Okay. So last question and we'll kind of wrap things up. (laughs) Um, so that's, it's like a hidden block, right? The, the website thing, it's like this hidden block where it feels really real, right? I mean, well, Mm -hmm. it's a business. I have to have a website. So in your mind, that is a really good excuse as to why to not move forward until you do that thing. Mm -hmm. Um, or even with your house, right? That's Mm -hmm. a really good excuse. I should not buy a house until I have a partner. Mm -hmm. So when we have these, um, these blocks that we don't see as blocks, how do we see our blocks? Like, how do you, how do you figure out what your blocks are if your blocks are so camouflaged? We only think they're camouflaged. They're not. (laughs) When we really get to it and we look at what it is and we look at our life, 
we can see them and we can point them out. That's why a lot of times when you're working with a coach or someone else who can see your life as a whole, they're like, wait a second, what here, here and here? Like, what are you talking about? Kind of thing. Cause yes. it's so easy. Cause we're away from the intimacy of what the idea is to you. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling that the website is a block for you, or you can't really identify it as a, what is your larger goal? Your larger goal is the business, right? And if you're constantly in the space of, I need to create my website. I need to create my website, but it's taken you now five, six months and you're not pursuing anything towards the business because you're waiting for this to happen. Then that's clearly, you can identify it as a block. It is what is blocking you or holding you back from your larger goal, which is to be this business person, to maybe to sell a homemade product or maybe to you know create an influencer account or create content online or share something or teach something, right? That's your larger goal. So it's like when we remember what it is that we truly want, the block's or easy to identify, or maybe easier. Mm. I mean, that's easy, but easier to see. Totally. Oh my God. I love that so much. And even just going back to what you're saying about that statement of, uh, when this happens, then it's like the, mm-hmm. when then, right. When this happens mm-hmm. then. And I mean, I think connecting back to your vision is, yeah, it's everything, everything, everything. Yeah. Like see what you want for your life, right? Like really be clear on that. And we were kind of talking about clarity. Clarity is key in manifesting. You know, if you don't know what you want, how are you supposed to go for it? If you don't know, you know, the address that you're driving to, what are you going to put in your GPS? food yeah. you know like what are you gonna do? it's just like it's like so so weird to me that people will be like yeah yeah I'm gonna just I'm gonna manifest my ideal partner right and it's this very like ethereal idea of what their ideal partner is like but mm-hmm. when they get down to it and they really think about oh wait you know I want someone who is gonna be available to like to dance like to go salsa dancing because that's what I really like right mm-hmm. kind of thing then it's like oh okay cool that's a little clarity right not everybody likes those things so it's like being clear is super important. Um, an analogy I like to use is uh, the rest a restaurant, right? Like it's like the the universe is your restaurant, and you go and you sit down, and you're in the universe, right? And the waitress comes over to you and she goes, "What do you want to eat?" And you say, "Food." She kind of mm-hmm. looks at you and you're like, "Food." And she's like, uh, "Okay." She goes back and she brings you, you know, a meatloaf. And you're like, "What is this? I didn't want this." And she's like, "You wanted food, and this is food," you know. Yeah. <laughs> But now if you had said, I want a slice of, of pizza with, you know, olives on it and a Diet Coke, guess what you would have gotten? Yeah. That. Totally. Oh, my God. I see. I love the metaphors. They're just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a big metaphor person. <laughs> exactly. And, and again, you guys, like, if you're listening and you're like, I don't have that clarity, as Latha keeps saying over and over, like, what, what do you not want? What do you know from your past experiences that – you do not want. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's just such a good place to help you help you navigate that. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. That's all so, so, so perfect. Okay. So I have a couple questions that I always ask my, okay. um, my guests. Number one, if we could give my listeners a little tiny baby step to do today, like they could do it in the next 24 hours, something small to get them into action to integrate some of what we've talked about what, what like homework would you give my listeners? Ooh, <laughs> I want to say it would be to really look at having clarity on what your larger goals are, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe even to make a list of that. Because sometimes when we put pen to paper, there's magic in that, in even allowing us to clarify what it is that we want. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love it. Um, second question, if, if you at your lowest point in your life 
was mm-hmm. listening in on the podcast right now, what would you say to her? Oh, I would tell her it's okay <laughs> that you are loved, even if it doesn't feel like you're loved in this moment. And the only person that you have to be is the person that you want to be. You don't mm-hmm. have to show up in the way that anybody else expects you to be because anybody's expectation is meaningless in comparison to what you want for yourself. So just remember that and keep going and your life is going to change dramatically just by understanding and being able to integrate that you are powerful and can create your future. Mm, So beautiful. I love it. Um, And last question, obviously, tell everybody where we can find you, how we can work with you, shameless self promo, give it all to us and we'll make sure that we put all the links in the show notes. Um, but yeah, tell, tell everyone where they can find you. For sure. You can find me on my website. It's lathaj.com. That's L-A-T-H-A-J-A-Y.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram and on TikTok. My handle is latha underscore J-A-Y on uh, TikTok. And on Instagram, it's latha underscore J-A-Y underscore. Please look for the verified accounts because there's a bunch of fakers out there. So just look for the one with the little blue check mark. You can uh, purchase my book. It's the Law of Attraction Manifestation Journal. It's on Amazon, at Target, at Barnes & Noble. It's literally available everywhere. Go and get it. I think it's very helpful. And it's like, I don't know, it's like 13 bucks or or less. Sometimes it's on sale. So go and find it. Um, There's a lot of cool little easy and actionable steps that you can take towards your manifestation. It's not a long read. It's very simple. And then the back pages are actually lined out so that you can work on your manifestation and really get to it. You know, being a coach for as long as I've been, I've seen that when people have any kind of a resistance or an additional step that they have to take to do something, they're less likely to do it. (laughs) So when I created this journal, I was like, okay, I'm going to make it very actionable. And guess what? You open it up to the back and it's lined for you. Just get into it, right? Like just roll right into it, get into it. Um, And if you want to work with me, reach out to me. You know, you can find, there's a contact form on my uh, website. You can message me through Instagram and someone will get back to you. But I do take private clients to work on your blockages. I also have an incredible group coaching program. It's called the Journey Group Coaching Program in which we meet so much. (laughs) We talk about, you know, our blockages and our doing shadow work together. And I also bring in incredible guest experts to teach us about all kinds of, of, of different things about um, a lot of it is based on spirituality, holistic living, um, shifting our perceptions, things like that. So, so come, I would love to meet you. So amazing. Yeah. I love it. I mean, as you guys can tell, Latha is like absolutely incredible and yeah, just such a huge inspiration. So I'm, I'm sure my girls will be coming over into your space and we'll come say hello to you. And, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for having you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Maddie, for having me. I love you so much. And, you know, you're such an inspiration to me. Just incredibly knowledgeable, amazing. The energy that you put out into the world is just so fantastic. And I love that you do this, you know, Mm -hmm. at such a young age, too. You're just, like, out there doing this, creating, sharing your knowledge with other people and and just touching so many lives. So Mm -hmm. thank you for being you. I I just – I really love you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I seriously love you so much. If I didn't love you so much before, I just love you so much more now, just hearing even more about your story and just getting to know you even better. So yeah, I'm just feeling like so grateful and lit up and excited to see you again in person possibly next February and yes. <laughs> grow a little bit more together. Yeah, it's 
yeah, I'm so grateful for um, just your even your presence in my life. So, all right, guys, I hope you love this episode. If you guys did, make sure that you share it with a friend, share it with your family, share it on Instagram. If you do, make sure you tag both Latha and I. Um, and I hope you guys all have the most beautiful week this week and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Breaking Butterfly podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would absolutely love if you left Breaking Butterfly a rating and a review. If you do leave a review to show my appreciation, please screenshot it and send it to maddie at maddiemaple.com and we will send you over my complete collection of resources for your evolution. This is filled with PDFs and eBooks, all of my free masterclasses, and a bunch of other resources to help you become your highest and most confident self. Also, to help further along your journey, don't forget to join our Breaking Butterfly community on Discord. The link is in the show notes, and so is the Breaking Butterfly hotline phone number. Remember to call in, ask your juiciest questions, ask for advice, and I will be supporting you guys on air on the Breaking Butterfly podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here with me week after week, and I will catch up with you guys in the next episode. Bye.